worship guide has communicated to you, if you've looked at it, that we're going to be looking at Revelation chapter 13. However, on Thursday, as I was spending time in prayer, I made a decision based on what was happening in my own heart to change our direction for this morning. And I'll be preaching from Luke chapter 13. A sermon that I've titled, A Window of Opportunity. I believe there is one clear and certain way forward for our church family to experience spiritual victory. I believe there's one clear way forward for our church family to make significant steps forward in accomplishing our mission to love God, love people, and help others do the same. More than anything this week, when I thought about today, I wanted to be the right messenger that our church needed in this moment. And I believe the message God has for our church family this morning comes right out of Luke 13. So let's read together, starting in Luke 13, verse 1. Now on the same occasion, there were some present who reported to Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. And Jesus said to them, do you suppose that these Galileans were greater sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered this fate? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or do you suppose that those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them were worse culprits than all the men who live in Jerusalem? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Jesus engages in conversation with those around whom he is walking and teaching. He's just finished talking about the return of the Lord and being ready for the end of time. And here he is, he brings up this current event that is obviously on the minds and the hearts, a talk, a piece of conversation has been happening in the community. And he brings up this current event and he wants to talk to the people about it because it's something they're talking about. And the general opinion that was surfacing among the people was apparently the opinion that the people to whom this bad thing happened are far worse than the people to whom this bad thing did not happen. That was the general opinion that was obviously be talked about. And Jesus interjects right in the middle of it. He tells these two stories, not giving a lot of details around the story because the details of the story are simply not that significant. The, the answers to the questions that are probably bubbling up in conversations about what happened and why it happened and what does this mean. He, he didn't really address very many of those kinds of questions. He simply just made a comment. 
in relation to these two current events that pointed to something far more significant than the events themselves. He had two simple, strong points. The first one, none of us is any better than anyone else. His second clear point is, unless you repent, whatever bad thing happened to that person that you might think is worse than you, something far worse awaits you. He is simply saying we are all sinful people. And we will all be held accountable for our sin by a holy God. And none of us is better than anybody else. And the only way to escape the judgment of God upon our sin is to repent. What that means is that the only way to escape a far worse judgment than any judgment we could imagine for our own sin is by placing our faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and trusting Him in such a way that the Spirit of Christ who comes into our life to convict us in matters where our lives, our beliefs, our thoughts don't align with who God is and what God says, that we would be saying, I believe in Christ in such a way that I'm responding to all the work of the Holy Spirit in my life when the Holy Spirit shows me that I have departed from who He is and what He says and that I'm constantly aligning myself again and again with who He is by the work of the Spirit, that I'm actually living and walking in repentance Repentance. The, the only way is by repentance. And Jesus is emphasizing that a humiliation in someone else should not be missed as an opportunity for our own repentance. We have witnessed the humiliation of sin in one of our brothers in Christ. And Jesus wants our church family to see that when one of us is humiliated in our sin, that our great response must begin with our own repentance. It is simply not enough for our church family to forgive our brother. It is not enough for our church family to respond to our brother with love and mercy and grace. It is not enough for our church family to respond as a loving body of believers. No, we must take 
this window of opportunity and respond in repentance, each one of us. I'll never forget my first friend in ministry whose marriage ended in divorce. It was so difficult to walk through. We were broken. It was awful. The worst thing that I could have done in those circumstances, if I believe what Jesus says in Luke 13, is to think in that moment of my friend's marriage's failure that my marriage is not as bad as his marriage. Maybe my marriage was not as bad as his marriage. I don't know. But to respond with thinking, well, I'm glad we're not in the shape that his marriage is in would have been totally ungodly in that moment, no matter how loving I tried to be. Because what I needed to do is see his failure and humiliation as my opportunity to repent of my sin. My marriage at that point and today is not without sin. I need to repent and another's humiliation provides a window of opportunity for my own repentance. Do you know that if I miss the window of repentance in that situation, that I cannot rightly love my brother in the humiliation of his sin? I will be far too arrogant and self-righteous to see that my attempts of love fall far short of God's heart. I'll never forget my first ministry friend, one of my closest ministry friends who had an affair. I was devastated. I was angry. I was frustrated. I was broken. And my temptation in that moment was the temptation to think that he was far worse than me. That would be a grave error. Because here's the thing, his humiliation by the by the work of the Lord becomes my opportunity for my repentance. And here's where my heart is. I need to repent in areas of purity when the humiliation of my brother avails an opportunity to humble myself before the Lord. And what I needed to do in that moment was to make sure that I responded by saying, I am not without sin. And I need to repent because if I don't see this window of opportunity in the humiliation of my brother as my opportunity to repent, how will I avoid the same end? And how will I love him if I don't humble myself before the Lord in my brokenness? You, you realize when 
The humiliation of sin becomes public and we see it. That this window of opportunity that's created for every one of us is a piece of the redemption of Jesus Christ in the humiliation of sin. Our brother who has experienced the humiliation of sin is seeking forgiveness and repentance and he will find life. That's the word of God. And now we come alongside him and we find life through our own repentance. And then we get to walk alongside him as those who are walking in the same repentance and the life-giving forgiveness of Christ. That's redemption. If it's not obvious to you, like it's obvious to me how we need repentance as a church family, then then we need more help than I can imagine. Right? I mean, we had this opportunity before us. And so here's what I've been thinking about. If, if God saw fit to bring the humiliation of sin to the forefront in the life of one of our pastors related to loving his neighbor, could it be? Could it be? That that's what God wants to do in all of us. Just for starters. Do you know two years ago when I was here, we did our first series in emphasis. We, we, it was loving your neighbor. You remember that? We had doors. All of we signed our names on those doors. And I just have been asking myself the question, I wonder how many of our neighbors in the last two years have heard an invitation to church, have heard a clear explanation of the gospel, have felt an increasing level of love that is a laying down of our lives for our neighbors. I need to repent. I do not love my neighbor like God is convicting me to love my neighbor. Do you? We need to repent. When it comes to sharing the gospel, we all agree we are supposed to share the gospel. How many people around us have not yet heard? And we know we could have shared. We all need to share the gospel more faithfully, right? I, your pastor, I need to repent. I want more people to hear the gospel through me, don't you? We all need repentance. There's some of you in this room I know have been hiding You've got sin in your life and you're hiding. You're scared to confess it. You're scared to tell people about it. You don't know what your church is gonna think about you if we find out 
sin in your life that nobody else knows. Our prayer is that you would once and for all know this is a place you can come clean before the Lord and your church family and we will strive to walk in the humility of repentance with you. You do not need to die in the darkness of secret sin. We want to walk with you. Some of you here, I'm certain, have been putting off decisions to clearly follow Christ. Maybe it's a decision for you. You've never really publicly decided, I am going to be a follower of Christ. I want to be a Christian, and I want everyone to know I'm following Christ. Maybe you've never done that. Maybe you've never said, I want to be a part of a church family where I know I will be held accountable, encouraged, and loved through everything. And you say, I want to be a part of this church family. Maybe you need to make a decision to get baptized. You've never been baptized. Maybe it's a decision you just need to make regarding your marriage or your spouse that you've not made in terms of submitting yourself and surrendering to the Lord. There's no telling what's going on in the hearts of those in this room regarding decisions you know you've needed to make and you've delayed, you've postponed. But let me just tell you, this is a window of opportunity. And you cannot afford to miss it. Jesus tells a little story at the end of his conversation around these two tragedies. And he tells a story of a man who owned a vineyard. And in the vineyard, he has a fig tree. And he visits his vineyard and he is going to check on the fig tree to see if the fig tree has fruit. And he comes to his vineyard and he looks at the fig tree and there is, much to his disappointment, there is no fruit on the tree gets his vineyard keeper and he says to him, for three years I've been coming to find fruit on this tree. There has been none. Cut the tree down. Why would I let this tree take up valuable soil when something else could be planted and bring forth great fruit. And the vineyard keeper said, Sir, will you give me one more year with this tree? I'm going to till up the ground around this tree and I'm going to fertilize this tree. And let's just give it one more year to see if fruit might come forth. And if nothing comes forth after one more year, then I will cut it down. Windows of opportunity for repentance. When they come, should be taken. And the window has come FBG in unprecedented proportion.
We cannot miss this opportunity. You all remember the blockbuster stores? Anybody here remember those? They were everywhere at one time, right? Back in 2000, they had somewhere in the neighborhood of eight or 9,000 stores, 50 or 60,000 employees. There was a little new company starting up really struggling to survive in the DVD market. And they decided to go a different direction in the way they did things. They were changing. They were trying to, to match the situation and, and, and reach a clientele and provide a new way of doing things. And they started dreaming about streaming movies instead of renting DVDs. And that little new company couldn't make it. They were, they were barely staying afloat. And so they approached Blockbuster. And they said to Blockbuster, we've got some new ideas we want to try, but we need help. And we think you guys can help us. You're the mega giant. And we'd like to sell our company to you and come alongside you and work towards this new strategy. And we're for sale today for $50 million. And Blockbuster laughed them out of the building. See ya. Ten years later, Blockbuster is bankrupt, and you know this little company as Netflix, now worth $28 billion. A window of opportunity. And someone was cut down, and someone else made use of the opportunity. The opportunity that is before us today is far more valuable than money. And the only way we can seize this opportunity is for each one in this room to repent. It's the only way we'll love our brother. And it is the only way the marker will be planted so deep that our mission to proclaim the gospel will permeate our community and win out over every harm done by our sins. The window of opportunity to repent is a window that's open today.